Welcome to The Bomar Show. We are your hosts, Josh and Sarah Bomar. We hope this podcast will motivate, educate, and entertain you. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Bomar Show. This is episode 24, and today I'm going to be answering all of your guys' questions on being pregnant and having a baby during a global pandemic. I know a lot of women out there are pregnant right now for probably the first time, just like I was when all of this craziness that is 2020 started. So I asked on Instagram for you guys to put some questions in a box that I would answer during this podcast. And I went through them all and picked the ones that I actually receive quite often in my DMs or via email or via comments. And our podcast, this is just a side note, but our podcast is a great way for us to actually convey the answers to these questions in in a way that is actually beneficial for you guys. We receive thousands of messages a week and there just simply isn't time in the day to sit down and answer people in the way that I truly believe people need to be answered, especially when it comes to questions such as giving birth during this global pandemic or being pregnant for the first time. And it really it really makes me upset that I don't have more time in the day to sit down and answer like these these questions, like I just said, in the way that I think that they should be answered. So I'm really just excited for the platform that is this podcast. That way we can, you know, you guys can hear our our tone and you can hear our voices when you're asking these questions. So I want to thank you guys for submitting these and yeah, let's just dive right on in. Like I said, this will be a solo podcast today. I have about 20 questions on here that... I feel are the most asked. That way I can help you guys in the best way possible. So the first question is what is something, oh, just a side note. If you aren't following me on Instagram, I had our daughter on August 6th of 2020. Obviously we found out that we were pregnant in the middle of November, 2019. So I was pregnant through my the majority of my pregnancy was through the pandemic and then obviously giving birth in August during COVID and during all of these crazy lockdowns. So that's just kind of the time frame. And now it is December, 2020, right before Christmas. So the first question, what is something you wish you could have experienced, but you couldn't? I think for me, the biggest thing when it came to experiences that I missed out on was just more or less people not understanding that I too wanted to have a baby shower and I I didn't want to miss out on something like that. We did end up having a very small family baby shower in May and then Josh's mom threw me one on his side of the family in June, the middle of June. But for me, it was just, you know, my, my grandma didn't come to my baby shower because she was afraid to be around people. So just little experiences like that really, yes, they are a drop in the bucket when it comes to actually having a baby and being able to get pregnant. And I do also want to say for anyone struggling with fertility or with the loss of a baby, you know, I know that a lot of people would, would give their left arm to be able to be pregnant during a pandemic. And this is in no way me complaining about my experience. I am just simply sharing my experience and the feelings that I had while pregnant during this crazy time. So like I said, we did have um, small baby showers, but my grandma couldn't come. 
Um, and then a few of Josh's relatives couldn't come to the baby showers just because of all of this. We also did not attend any birthing classes because they were not available. That is actually um, the second question was how I went about labor without classes. And for me, I'm going to be completely honest, I don't think we would have went even if they were available. We as women have been giving birth since the dawn of time. And all of my friends that have given birth previously that took those classes said that they really didn't help at all during the actual labor and delivery. Your body just kind of naturally takes over. I will say though that the breathing um, exercises that I did during my pregnancy, which are all saved to my Instagram and my free pregnancy guide on sarahbomar.com. I do think that the breathing exercises and the core exercises and just being an active person throughout my entire pregnancy was really what made my labor go so quickly and so smoothly. So the next question, how has it affected Oakley when she sees other people? For me, I, I don't think that it necessarily affects her when she sees other people besides me and Josh, but it definitely affects her when she sees us in a mask. It's very bizarre to her, and you can tell that obviously it covers the majority of your face. So she can't see when I'm smiling at her. She can't see when I'm talking to her to comfort her at, you know, the airport or if we are at a restaurant before we sit down and we still have our masks on, you can really tell that it affects her in that way just because she doesn't know that I'm smiling at her and she doesn't, she can hear my voice, but she loses that connection to actually watching my mouth move when I am talking. So that's been a strange thing. We don't really leave the house much on a day-to-day basis because of it. And like I said, you can actually really tell that she doesn't have that same connection to me when I have my mask on. So the next question, best advice for first-time mom going through this? Honestly, just reach out to women and friends that have had babies in the past lean on lean on your friends and your family that's really what I did luckily one of my best friends well actually two of my best friends gave birth this year one gave birth in January before all this happened and then one gave birth like peak lockdown at the end of March so just to have those resources and to be able to rely on them and talk to them about now being postpartum and people wanting to see the baby and delivering during COVID and needing a COVID test before giving birth and your husband needing a mask when people were in the room and just being able to share those experiences with others was the most beneficial for me because a lot of people, not that, not that women who have given birth not during 2020 couldn't be helpful, but it's a very strange feeling when, you know, you need a COVID test before you can be admitted, you know, to the hospital to give birth. So it's, it's definitely a strange time. So I would say just reach out to anyone and everyone that you can, even if it is just listening to this podcast and knowing that you are not alone and we kind of are all in this together. Do you feel like something <laughs> was taken from you? Um, not me, but I do know that Josh feels that way because he was not allowed to come to several of my prenatal appointments. We also had one appointment canceled, so I did not see a doctor from weeks 19 to week 28. 
yes, it's great that I had a healthy pregnancy and I didn't necessarily need to see a doctor at week, you know, 23, 24. But when you're three days out from your appointment and you're just really excited to hear the heartbeat and you're really excited to just get measured and make sure everything's on pace, it really was disheartening when I got that phone call that they had to cancel my appointment because it was during, I think it was, that would have been like beginning of April-ish timeframe. So that was really upsetting, like I said. And then the next appointment, Josh was not allowed to come to. And then I think one more appointment, he wasn't allowed. It was sporadic. It was never consistent as far as timing went. But so he, I definitely think that he, he feels like something was taken from him. And then just recently, Oakley had her four month appointment and only one spouse again was allowed to be in that appointment. So do I feel like something was taken from me? No, but I do feel like I can speak on Josh's behalf and say that he feels that way. So the next question, how to deal with anxious family wanting to visit. Honestly, if you have anxious family that wants to come see your baby, use COVID as an excuse. Honestly, even if that's not the reason, you can just say, you know what? Due to everything that's going on right now, we are just limiting visitors to X number of weeks. For us personally, we did not allow anyone to see her until she was two weeks old. My mom then came out for a few days and then we had a few days break. And then Josh's mom came out at like that two and a half, almost three week um, time frame. So we didn't have anyone, no, obviously no caregivers, no visitors, no friends, no family until my mom came out at week two. All of our family was very understanding. You know, we sat them down and we told them this is, this is just what we want. It, it honestly had nothing to do with COVID itself. It was more or less that we wanted to just have that experience with our baby and be mom and dad at home for a few weeks outside of the hospital and just kind of find our own rhythm and our own routine. And our family was very understanding of that. So you just have to kind of set the expectation ahead of time. You know, don't say it three days before you give birth. If you continually say it the entire time, if that's the plan that you and your spouse want to take, I think that can actually really help um, just set the expectation ahead of time. What was the hardest part of a pandemic pregnancy? Again, kind of just talked about that. Um, obviously, the gyms being closed, I wanted to remain active during my pregnancy. Gyms here in Iowa, I think, were shut down for about a month. So that was very difficult for me, for me and my mental state. You know, working out for me is my outlet. And so when that was taken away from me, especially during the winter when we couldn't really be outside to walk and things like that, that was really difficult. But then too, like I just mentioned, with Josh not being able to go to a few of my appointments, I do feel like he was robbed of that experience as well. Any positive aspects of a pandemic pregnancy? Actually, yes. So obviously people are very helpful when you are pregnant, but they are especially helpful and nice when you are, you know, waddling around nine months, 10 months pregnant with a mask on and, um, you know, just trying to maneuver all of your errands before baby comes. So that was a great positive. Another thing, and this is just me personally, I know not everyone agrees with this. I was elated. 
that the hospital said that we could not have any visitors while we were there. I was over the moon excited because I knew it was going to hurt people's feelings when I told them we didn't want visitors. So when, when we got the word that the hospital said no one but you and one support person, I was like, yes, this is amazing. So it's definitely something that we you know, would have done regardless. We didn't want any visitors at the hospital. It's a very special time for me and Josh. We just wanted it to be us two. And actually I spoke with a lot of the nurses before we were discharged from the hospital. And a lot of them said for first time moms, this has been the greatest thing ever. Huge blessing in disguise when it comes to moms in the hospital with their newborn. They're actually getting sleep. They're not having to entertain a bunch of guests and visitors. And it's, it's a policy that the hospital actually has said that they may implement um, in the future permanently regardless of COVID. So that was definitely a positive. And then just people understanding and not like touching your baby, I guess. Um, we took a flight a few weeks ago and the ticket, um, the ticket or the gate agent was um, saying, you know, I, I was holding Oakley and carrying her onto the plane. And the, the woman was so nice. You could tell she had a children. It was a grandma. And she was just saying, you know, it just stinks because, you know, before we could like grab baby's feet. And I'm like, oh, like <laughs> I wouldn't want you to grab my child's feet, whether we were in a pandemic or not. So people are way more respectful outside of, you know, or just with their own reactions when it comes to seeing a baby outside of, you know, just outside in public, I guess. And then another positive aspect is people are actually washing their hands and using general hygiene that they probably should have been doing this entire time. Places are very clean. Even daycare is a lot cleaner. Everything is super sanitized. So I think that's definitely a huge positive and, and very good peace of mind for new moms, especially if you're going back to work and, you know, you need to take your child to daycare. It's so clean right now. And I hope that it's just something that continues in the future because I think it'll really help, you know, with parents, um, you know, just putting their mind at ease when it comes to that many children in a small area. The next one, do you have any restrictions of people meeting the baby? So now that she is for almost five months old, our restrictions are a lot, you know, smaller, lower, whatever you want to say. Um, when we, the first eight weeks, anyone that came over, they had to have their flu shot. They had to have their Tdap shot. And this was based on the recommendation of our doctor. And that's another thing too, you know, if you're conflicted with family, you know, saying, well, I'm not getting that Tdap shot. Okay. Well, my doctor said that no one can see the baby for the first eight weeks unless you have it. Blame it on your doctor. Blame it on the hospital. Blame it on whoever you want to blame it to. But at the end of the day, that is your child. And if you have restrictions in place and people aren't listening to you, you don't have to let them in your home. I can assure you, you do not have to let people in your home. So if anyone is giving you grief about certain things that you want done to hold your child, you can blame it on the hospital. You can blame it on me. You can blame it on Sarah Bomar. Well, Sarah Bomar said, I don't care. You can blame whoever you want. It is your baby. If you and your spouse are on the same page, your family and your friends should respect it. We um, didn't require masks or anything like that. Um, but like I said, we only had two visitors the first month and everyone else who came over to see her had all of their vaccinations in order to hold her. Um, so this one, did they let Josh cut the umbilical cord? Yes, they did. So actually there's more to this question. Someone said that they both 
Her and her spouse both tested negative for COVID upon arrival at the hospital, but they still wouldn't let her husband cut the umbilical cord, which I think is extremely unfair. Um, I don't know, obviously, the situation at that hospital or anything like that. But yes, Josh was able to cut the umbilical cord. He actually was able to pull her out. So he begged and begged the doctor ahead of time. And she said it was totally fine. So he, you know, he washed up, he had gloves on, he had his medical stuff on. And once her head came out and her first shoulder, the doctor let Josh pull Oakley out the rest of the way. So that was really cool. And then we also did the cord blood banking as well. So there was no issue with that. And then I also encapsulated my placenta. So if you're concerned with those types of things, obviously every hospital is different. Every state is different. Every service you use is going to be different. But that was just my personal experience in those afterbirth aspects. How do you find comfort in the gym daycare? So like I said, Oakley is almost five months old. We go to several different gyms, but the main one that we go to is Lifetime Fitness. And the and outside of those, I'm, or outside of that gym, I'm actually not sure if the other gyms offer infant daycare, but Lifetime does as soon as your baby is three months old, officially not 12 weeks, but they have to be three months old. They have to have their vaccination records. And then in the infant room at our Lifetime, they only have four infants at a time max. Most of the time that we have been there, she is either the only baby or there's just one other baby. So it's just one person for two babies. Everyone at daycare has a mask on. Obviously, everyone that works there is up to date on their shots. They do a temperature check on every single person that comes into the gym ahead of time. So no one there has a temperature. Everyone there is wearing a mask. Everything is extremely sanitized and she had to wait until she was three months old and everyone in there has to be up to date on their vaccinations. So for me, it's definitely not something that we do every single day. I think in the past six weeks or so, she has been to daycare five or six times. So maybe about once a week since she turned three months old. So for for her, it's just a great time to be around obviously other babies. I'm not quite sure if she grasps that they are other babies, but it's definitely nice for her to be, you know, cared for by someone outside of me and Josh and outside of people that, you know, she's regularly used to seeing. I think it's great for her socialization and it's just a very secure daycare. They lock the entrance and the exit. So there's just a lot of positives when it comes to the services that are offered in the gym that we actually go to. Like I said, I can't say that for every gym, but that's just been our experience um, so far with the daycare. Did you have a gender reveal party? We did not have a gender reveal party. I don't think I would have had one even even if it wasn't during COVID. For us, we were actually in New Zealand in March. We had our gender appointment two days before we left for New Zealand at the beginning of March before all of the craziness happened. We left before there was a European ban on travel. Like it, It's just mind-blowing to me to think that that was actually the same year because it feels like five years ago. Um, we actually did our gender announcement. So we knew the gender. Um, we found out the gender at our appointment, which we wanted to do. And then we had our gender announcement in New Zealand on the top of a mountain, which was one of the coolest experiences ever and definitely very fitting for 
me and Josh and our personalities and our interests. The next question, this one, is it okay to feel mad about what is going on? My baby's grandpa can't even hold him. I think that you are a thousand percent validated in having feelings of frustration or being upset or feeling sad. Any emotion that you are having right now, I think is justifiable. No one has ever experienced this in in modern time. No one. Even when we had H1N1, even when the swine flu was going around, even with the Spanish flu, this is a strange time to be alive. And it is even stranger to be told that you cannot take your child to see, you know, their grandparents or even your parents if they are in assisted living. So I think it's a thousand percent okay to be mad. I don't think that makes you selfish. I don't think that makes you out of touch with reality. For me, I always like to think like this, this year is just a tiny drop in the bucket. And if anything, it's brought us, me and Josh and the baby closer because we are staying at home so much on a day-to-day basis. Yes, we travel. Yes, we fly. But the majority of her life has been spent at home. And we do try to socialize her in the best way possible and the safest way possible. But as far as the positive aspects of it, you know, I'm really glad that we're experiencing all of this together. But at the same time, like I said, it's totally fine to, you know, be upset and be frustrated at at what is going on. Like I said, I don't think that makes you selfish in any way. The next one, how to nicely tell family they have to wait a few weeks. So like I said, kind of touched on this. You can blame it on the hospital. You can blame it on me. You can blame it on the doctor. You can blame it on whomever you want if people aren't respecting you and your decisions that you and your spouse have put forward. Like I said, for us, we did wait two weeks just because we wanted to do that anyways, COVID or not. People are actually a lot more understanding right now about having visitors. So use that to your advantage. Honestly, if you've got the excuse, why not use it? How to maintain mental health and feeling alone. I think this is a great topic, whether you're in a pandemic or not. It's definitely something that a lot of first-time mothers experience is that feeling of being alone. And especially if you don't live near family or you don't live near friends that you would necessarily trust with your baby right away. And I definitely think that speaking with a mental health therapist is, is a great option. If you are unsure, if you need to, you can always call your OB and ask them. You can also ask your child's pediatric um, facility if you are concerned that you're having any sort of postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression. But just having that in-person connection with a mental health therapist, I think, can go a long, long way. All right. And uh, the last question, how did you handle the hospital and no visitors? So like I said, it's definitely something that we were going to do regardless of COVID or not, we didn't want anyone in the hospital. I think at the end of the day, this is your pregnancy. And if someone gets upset, then that's on them and it's not on you. You just need to explain to people nicely that you want to have the connection with your baby before you have any visitors. And honestly, kids, like babies really don't do much the first few months of life anyways they sleep a lot and I know I know grandparents want to see babies and I know aunts and uncles and things like that but at the end of the day it is your baby and it is your pregnancy and if you just kindly tell people that you want to make the connection as a mom and dad before having any visitors I also told my mom because she wanted to come out you know before the two weeks and I told her that 
because we don't live near any family, I didn't want I didn't want the expectation to be we get home from the hospital and then my mom comes over right away and she helps so much that then I felt even more abandoned and alone once she wasn't there. So I personally wanted it to be as hard as it had to be at first. So then I knew how to schedule and I knew the expectation of how difficult it was going to be without having anyone except for just me and Josh. So that's just, again, me personally. If that's not you, you can do whatever you want. But if you are just looking for a scapegoat, more or less, you can simply say that the doctor in the hospital said no one was allowed over. And that's that. So Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I know it was a shorter one, but it was definitely weighing on my heart given that I think we're going back near, back near, yes, back towards more strict lockdowns and more strict policies when it comes to appointments and hospitals and everything like that. So please just know that you are not alone when it comes to dealing with this, even if you aren't a first time mom and you've had a baby previously and now you're dealing with being pregnant during a pandemic, giving birth during a pandemic, just know you are not alone and there's always resources if you need them. So we will see you guys over in the next episode.